I love that one of the final chat comments is I'm only here for postcast technical difficulties. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for the follower. Uh, that is Alan. not a bad strategy. <laughs> All right. So we haven't had any. However, my screen was flickering throughout this entire. So show. was mine. Hey, seriously. Yeah, my my large display and my I thought my camera flickered twice. My cat walked over something. Hey, I don't know. Maybe it's just us. Well, we get a couple follows in here. Thanks, strong man. They're here. They're here just for the fuck ups, and that's okay. Yeah, I mean, all three of my monitors were flickering at some yeah. point. I'm like, please, please stay up. Please stay I up. Did please it stay twice, up. And I was like, I'm just gonna power through this and pretend like it's not happening. We're 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 too on brand. We're we're too similar to Notre Dame in week one. <laughs> Yeah, right? <laughs> like, even when things seem like they should be going fine, underneath, we're all shitting our pants. Hello and welcome to a victory edition of the HLS podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Ritter. You can call me ND Tex. And as always, you can catch us here live, including after the game is over on occasion, here on twitch.tv slash for loyal sons. You can subscribe to the podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you find your podcast at. Join us in Discord. That is our live chat channel, herlowellsons.com slash Discord. Of course, you can always find us at our home at herlowellsons.com. And with that, I bring in Shane. Shane, uh, how, how you feeling after this this late Monday night? Uh, like I need to shower again. Honestly, <laughs> I, I mean, I know I shouldn't, given the actual result, the actual margin of victory. But it's just like, I don't know. Did anyone enjoy that? <laughs> I don't. I don't think anyone really did. It's, it's been. It's been rough. Yeah, it was uh, week one sloppiness is going to be a theme, I feel, throughout this show. Uh, and of course, uh, for those of you that haven't caught the way we do recap shows, of course, we will get to the Notre Dame game and discuss it at length. We also like to take a look around at the rest of college football as well, because there is sometimes far more interesting shit happening around the world of college football as opposed to just Notre Dame. Uh, and this week with week one, uh, there was some interesting stuff that happened, to say the least. Yeah, yeah, I think the SEC has a lot to say about that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So let's go ahead and, and hop right into it because it is a late night. We eventually got to go to sleep. So we'll, we'll go ahead and kick it off with the headliner here. Uh, Oregon and Auburn. Auburn pulls this out, and, and I mean pulls it out. 27 yeah. to 21 is your final on this one. I mean, Oregon came out uh, to the point to where I even said on Twitter, I really want to change my pick for the Pac-12. Because yeah. holy crap, did they look good when they first came out, and they really pissed the game away. Yeah, uh, Oregon kind of like was 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 pushing Auburn around for three solid quarters. Mm -hmm. They were just outpacing them, outmuscling them. Their offensive line was kind of uh, a like it was a non match, uh, even against uh, Auburn's stout defensive line. Uh, and then in the fourth quarter, it's kind of like Oregon just didn't know how to maintain that lead. They didn't know how to put points in the board when they had the, their last opportunity. And for some reason, their defense stopped showing up on that final drive. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you, you have a true freshman, a quarterback that was playing like a true freshman. And then 
for one brief moment, decided he was not going to play like a true freshman on that final drive. Uh, I've seen this uh, Bo Nose 2.0 coming on with Bo Nix coming out uh. there. Uh, he, I mean, look, he. I don't want to take anything away from him. He played well. I'm obviously happy with the result. I didn't think it was uh, going to turn out uh, as good as it did for Auburn. But, man, uh, not exactly a ringing endorsement of Mario Cristobal and uh, game management, to say the least, because... I mean, Justin Herbert, he had a good game, but he saw a little bit of pressure, then became a little bit erratic, made a few bad uh, throws, and all of a sudden, you know, 14 to 0 is your score in the fourth quarter. Auburn. Yeah. I, I mean, just overall, yeah. It, I, mean, I mean, it was it was not a ringing endorsement for Mario Cristobal, but really it just kind of looked like um like Justin Herbert for for all all of his accolades and his senior status just kind of like was too caught up in the moment. Um he 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 saw an opportunity to put the game away and kind of got jittery from then on out when that wasn't achieved. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Missed it. There is everything kind of fell apart from there. And then the defense, of course, didn't do many favors, but yeah, I mean, good on Auburn. Uh, this whole bow thing with Auburn and <laughs> let's just like really pump them brakes. But um, I mean, clearly Bo Nix is going to be uh, some somewhat of what the quarterback he was touted as coming in as a freshman, but you know, so far, legend begins yeah and and auburn for a while they've needed solid quarterback play they've had good defense even though the defense was on his heels they they rebounded uh so it has been uh do they have a quarterback and at least for for one game they might so we'll we'll see what happens down the road i'm still skeptical because auburn has burned me one too many times in the past to get overly (laughs) excited uh but it's a good thing auburn did win this game because uh especially for the bottom half of the sec it was a little rough Let's go ahead and talk about that little rough. That's Georgia State. Yes, Georgia State <laughs> taking out Tennessee 38 to 30. Uh, the Sun Belt becoming the fun belt here. And I mean, really, I, I, I watched the end of this game, like uh, the majority of the fourth quarter when I realized it was going south for Tennessee. And Georgia State, like, they just had their damn number. It was insane. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, there are so many things that that, that don't look good in, in the history book here. <laughs> you know, I mean, Georgia State's a 10-year-old football program, first and foremost, 10 years old, and had never beaten a Division One opponent. Like, never. <laughs> um, and then uh, Tennessee, uh, this is what they were, th- they had won 30 straight when they were favored by 15 or more. And then... Uh, then this happened. Defense appeared. Can we talk about how bad this Tennessee defense looked? I mean... I, I didn't realize, I mean, I understand when you're looking at Tennessee, this is like, this is an SEC team. I recognize that checkerboard end zone anywhere. But like, I kindly had, like, I constantly had to be reminded that this wasn't like Chattanooga or something. You know, because I, this, the defense looked bad. It, it, they, they looked really, really bad. Uh, the touchdowns at the end that Georgia State were scoring were like strolls into the end at zone. At will, at will, untouched. Um, they were gashing them. I mean, it, uh, I mean, this is a team that was two and 10 a year ago. Uh, and I understand there's some growing pains and all that at Tennessee, but I mean, this is not, this is not a growing pain situation. It, does, it feels like a little bit more like they didn't realize the season was that day. It, like they just thought it was, <laughs> Oh shit. You know, like, Oh crap. Here we are. I don't know. Gentlemen. Oh yeah. Say, Hey there, Woj. Thank you for the, the cheer. Welcome aboard this late night. Uh, yeah, it was, I mean, I, I don't know what's going on with Tennessee right now, besides that everything seems completely broken there, uh, including the fan base, because if you want to take a look at some sad fans, go find yourself a replay of this game 
uh, because ho- holy crap, everybody just looked depleted. Uh, Tra Barnett had uh, Barnett had 95 rushing yards in this game against you. You couldn't have, I, I wouldn't have been able to pick him out of a lineup. <laughs> I still can't. Can. You just gave me the name. Yeah, just uh, absolutely incredible that Tennessee is is coughing that up. Uh, and in the fourth quarter, I always love when when scores go completely wonky because Georgia State scored a touchdown every quarter, and then in the fourth they scored seventeen points. So it's not yeah. like Tennessee, you know, just kind of uh, were slowly cracking and they just couldn't, you know, uh, rebound and come back together. No, they just full out chat themselves in the fourth quarter, and and it went awful. And yeah. uh, man, I tell you what, this one was severely disappointing. Uh, for I was hoping Kelly Bryant was going to do some great things. Instead, his first start is dropping one on the road to Wyoming, thirty-seven, thirty-one. Your final, um, and that's the storyline. Kelly Bryant looked really awful. He looked bad. Yeah, I mean, he looked terrible. Missouri's defense looked terrible, uh, and with my own Wyoming's defense looked incredible. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. Uh, they they were they were they had Kelly Bryant off from from jump i mean they had his number they had him keyed i don't know what it was but this dude uh he yeah he looked whew, i mean whew. uh it's kind of you kind of look at the at the clemson ring situation you're just kind of like eh. yeah it, it it was a mess and i mean wyoming's flushing him out of the pocket uh brian's making awful reads i mean flat out didn't see some defenders so i mean we're going to talk about ian book and his quarterback play here in a second for if you were frustrated with what he did and i definitely am Boy, uh, I need to take a look at this because this is just completely shitting the bed here. I I don't I expected a hell of a lot more out of Bryant than what we got in this game, to say the least. Uh, Yeah, it was just absolutely awful. All right, let's go ahead and move on now. And this one, um, Memphis beats Ole Miss 15 10. Now, this isn't really an upset in the Vegas terms because Memphis was actually the favorite team and at home. Uh, but the the bigger thing here is that Ole Miss just couldn't put anything together. I mean, they just looked again. This is a a team where the mis- current Michigan quarterback couldn't crack the starting lineup and transferred over. Yep. I and that's that keeps sitting in my mind. Just yep. absolutely awful. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, is it time to call it on the Rich Rod offense? I mean, it's what the. I mean, it, where has it worked? I mean, since. West Virginia. West Virginia. That was about I mean, it. Where I, it just this 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 Ole Miss team just kind of I mean they didn't even look like they they were they were interested. I mean I knew they were you could tell they were trying, but it almost felt like they knew it wasn't going to work. Right. You know and there's there's there seemed to be no confidence whatsoever as as they progressed through this game and Memphis. You know they just basically they got the lead and sat on it after that. Yep. Yep. All right. Now, uh, Friday night football got weird. We're going to move on. Uh, the Mountain West, man, did they have a little bit of fun? Nevada knocking off Purdue yep. 34 to 31. And the crazy, one of the crazier parts about this game uh, was that Nevada had to kick a 50 plus yard field goal, but they had to kick it because the referees decided to throw unsportsmanlike conduct celebration penalties at the drop of a hat. Yep. You could show Just. no emotion. <laughs> <laughs> Just, uh, Hey man, he I, he! I saw him thinking something. He thought something. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I like it. It was it was god awful, but awesome to see this happening. The the kicker who was a true freshman, he was a walk on. He is now on scholarship after this game. He, you know when he was notified he was kicking on Friday, right? <laughs> <laughs> and now, now all of a sudden, yeah, and you, this you're dude a hero. Has a fifty-six yarder, an NFL quality kick. 
in the only moment he needs it, this dude's got a scholarship. Oh, he, like, I mean, and he drilled it too. That would have been good from sixty. He knocked yeah. the living piss out of that football. Like um, but man, uh, not a great start right now for Purdue and uh, Jeff Brom. It was interesting. I, I still like him as a coach. I still think he's a really good coach. I still think Purdue's going to be a fun team to watch. But it's interesting to start to see some of the the teeth come out because there was a lot of uh, tweets flying out about his record against anybody decent and then getting upset as well. So that's some weird discomfort because this what only year two of of Brom, if I remember right, or we- yeah, this is only the second year. And I mean, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't exactly. I mean, this is Purdue. They they often either rely on you know at least a strong enough defense or good quarterback play. They they often somehow manage to you know create one or the other and frankly right now they don't kind of have either um i know that you know elijah sindelar is 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 likely to grow into a decent quarterback uh, but right now it just kind of feels like jeff brom is um is, is kind of like learning as he goes not maybe not him but the team he's trying to identify still who the guys are you know? Yeah. And, and Sendelar, I mean, he had a great game, uh, 34 for 52, 423 yards and four right, touchdowns. Right. So, I mean, like it gave an effort there. The defense didn't hold up there into the bargain and Nevada 17 unanswered ports points in the fourth quarter. Yeah. That that'll be a recipe for disaster there. Yeah. Uh, now I enjoyed this next one immensely. Hell yes, Boise state knocks off Florida state at home. 36 to 31. And the reason I enjoyed this so much was because at the beginning, Florida state, I mean, come out lit on fire. People are praising hired Kendall Bryles, man. Now FSU is fun again. What a great hire. Like, yeah, that's, are we really going to like start singing Bryles praises now? And then all of a sudden, once we get to the second half, the fun stopped completely for Florida state. The offense stopped. They had eight yards. I think in the fourth quarter at one point gained. And we're, we're like at the end of the fourth quarter here, Boise state runs over a hundred plays in this game, yep. just absolutely taking it to them. And this, this was an absolute collapse here by Florida state. They, they, at the end of the first quarter, it was 21 to six. I mean, it looked yeah. like they were going to run away from this. Even at the half, it was 31 to 19 yeah. and they let them all the way back. And I tell you what, uh, Hank Bachmeyer, that that freshman is going to be a damn problem for anybody that faces him. Yeah, I think if, if this is a starting point, yeah, this this team, um, this Boise State team could come back to achieve murder Smurf status. It's very very possible. <laughs> now, I do want to say that so far, to my understanding, uh, Florida State is the only Florida team to be defeated by a hurricane this weekend. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I just really want to make sure we we emphasize that point. Okay, because I'm I'm going to enjoy that immensely. A blue hurricane, uh, nonetheless. But yeah, no, Boise State, it it was amazing because, you know, uh, Florida State dominated them for essentially the first half. They were they were averaging. I mean, they they had over like 15 yard average on their on other run plays. uh, And then basically they it just kind of shifted. You could see one team that that happened to condition themselves in an actually dark humid rooms slowly gain more confidence <laughs> where the team that actually lives in such an environment slowly lost their confidence and then after that i mean it was just kind of a wrap once boise state had had achieved enough of a rhythm to make it a close game and bring it within uh, a touchdown it kind of like seemed like florida state assumed it was over I, I, not that they did but like their their play got sloppy after that their defense uh, became frantic and Justin Blackman didn't 
Uh, he just didn't deliver down the stretch, quite frankly. He was he he was his pass his passes were a little bit sloppier. He, he had a lot uh, one big incompletion that almost cost him a touchdown. I uh, well ended up ended up costing him a touchdown. But um, yeah, uh, murder smurfs back. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, murder murder smurf is back. And the reason I like Bachmeyer so much wasn't just that he had a good game here, uh, thirty for fifty one, four hundred seven yards and a touchdown. It's just he he kept taking licks. He was not afraid to climb into the pocket. It's something I wish a certain quarterback in Notre Dame would have had a little bit uh more gumption on uh but yeah then he would just step up make clutch throws and even if he he got rocked and made a bad throw he just short memory and that's a hell of a lot of maturity for a true freshman starter so man he's this this is the kind of boise team that's scary as hell this is really the kind of boise team that's scary as hell shades of kellen moore right that first start he had you knew exactly and and i have a feeling now again this we don't know what florida state is so it's hard to make that determination right now but i definitely liked what i saw uh from bachmeyer there all right we got a couple more games before we get into notre dame uh we're gonna briefly talk about a couple future notre dame opponents Uh, we're not gonna talk much about stanford and northwestern 17 to 7 because it was God awful and ugly, but what we are going to say is KJ Costello got his bell rung as he was sliding, took a forearm straight to the dome. And I mean, it it just looked straight up like Northwestern was headhunting. It looked that bad in full speed. And um, he did not return to the game. Shaw to at least when I was checking and up on notes in the middle of our own game for this. Uh, but I haven't seen any update on him. Um, I would assume he's able to come back. Maybe has to take a week off because he the, he's got a concussion. He, there's yeah, no way pretty, around it. Pretty clearly um, had, you know, kind of like an just an interruption in general, like awareness of a situation. You know, he had that whole, uh, you know, a slight like wobble when he's getting back up. Mm-hmm. You've got the drawn out, you know, uh, I guess, protocol testing after testing. Once it goes like past that first or second test, you can pretty much assume it's serious enough that they think (laughs) another round of testing is necessary. Yeah. Kind of how it uh, how it felt pretty much like uh, after that that first five minutes out. Um, But it resulted in pretty much the most boring game of the the week. I mean, this shit was pretty unwatchable after that. I mean. Northwestern, I don't even know what you are. Yeah. Uh, they are somebody that gave me a, oh, thank you for the sub there, Maverick. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, the, the only thing to mention, this was an epic bad beat that I was on the wrong side of. Northwestern same. had this game covered, and at the yep. tail end, I mean, they don't have to do anything. They were yep. just going to, I was expecting them to run the ball into a cloud of dust. Yeah, I knew they were going to try to score and everything, but I wasn't expecting it to go anywhere. Nope. We fumble, scoop and score. All of a sudden, Stanford covers, and I'm just like, okay, yep. thanks, assholes. Okay. Appreciate it. Okay, yeah, you know what? All right, I see what you're doing. That was on purpose. I'll remember that. <laughs> exactly. All right, we're going to talk a little Southern Cal Fresno State. Uh, we nearly had full Pac-12 after dark here. Fresno never could really put it together. But the storyline from this one, JT Daniels out for the season with a knee injury. Uh, and as soon as he went down, you're like, yep, that's an ACL. He's, he's done so. Uh, yeah, as soon as he went down, he's grabbing his knee and the, it, some, there was a lot of weird commentary in general from ESPN. They didn't really seem to be on the ball that this guy nope. was like seriously hurt. <laughs> no, they just said, Oh, looks like he's down. He's holding on to his lower leg. Hey, so we're, let's talk about that other thing we were talking about earlier. It's just like, Oh, it looks like the ring of medical staff, but yeah, it was pretty crazy. That other thing we were talking about earlier, right? Like they weren't, they weren't paying attention. Um, and then by about the, that second minute when like they're calling over the people like come over, bring the air cast. They were like, oh, oh, he's he's hurt. Oh, yeah, they're sure. having to cart him off the field. Something something's wrong here. 
Yeah, uh, this game also featured Rod Gilmore not being able uh, to know how to spell fight. Uh, so that was interesting. So we got the fig thing Irish and we have fuck it on. <laughs> the fit on. Fit on. Uh, that was probably the most sustained storyline throughout the entire game was them talking about the students and uh, the uh, G that decided to go to the bathroom yeah, in the middle. Yeah, of they that. were like, if you're the G, you don't get to go anywhere, bro. Like you soldier that shit out. It's like, yeah, but I mean, like, what if he's got like a bladder infection or what if he's got like, you know, like a situation Maybe he's got prostate cancer? Oh, he, he, you have to soldier that <laughs> shit out. I don't give a shit. Why'd you go to the game? So like, okay, relax, dude. Yeah, it was, it was it was funny to see Rod Gilmore get really passionate about that. Like, no, you can't leave. Rod Gilmore doesn't like anything. I swear, he wants to go down such a straight and narrow path. Like, it was an obvious Fresno's got to go for it on fourth down, or they're not going to come back. No, no, I don't agree with this call at all. <laughs> I mean, it was so classic Rod Gilmore right out of the box, uh, right off the bat there. Oh, God, incredible. Okay, well, it's that time. It is time to talk a little bit of Notre Dame. We're going to talk about Louisville. We're going to talk week one. It will take up the majority of the show here. But first, we are going to take care of some podcast business. Okay, so let's go ahead and talk about it. Notre Dame 35, Louisville 17. And uh, it was a week one. Flop fest, to say the least. I think that's it was the- on theme. <laughs> it's right? very on theme. It showed up dressed exactly as expected for the party. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit of a mess. And I think, at least for me, Shane, the biggest takeaway overall was really that Ian Book did not look like the Ian Book we expected. And, and really, even when he had some flashes, it wasn't a sustained you know, uh, Ian book being that super accurate passer, always making the right reads, but he had some happy feet going on today. Yeah, that's exactly it. It felt almost, uh, almost too obviously like book was trying to make a point about how he could run it. Like even when the throws were there, he was avoided. Like he was leaving the pocket. He wasn't like escaping it or like managing. He was specifically trying to abandon it. Mm Mm-hmm. For the first opportunity he saw, I mean, he got caught looking a couple times, staring down option number one because he wasn't even interested in options two, three, or four. He was just gonna run, and it that was that made it evident because the entire picture of the offense seemed to not follow along with him. Yeah, and uh, we already got people, you know, saying it's like no pocket presence is this year two QB regression under BK. Yeah, that's not going to quell this narrative uh, at at all, to say no, the least. Uh, it's fair. He he didn't even crack two hundred yards in passing. He was the leading passer in this game at one hundred ninety three yards. Now yeah. he he didn't throw a pick, which was good, but it, it, watching him fail to climb the pocket and and just not rush or or even he didn't want to take any hits like at all. Right. Like right. he he didn't want to step up and take a hit at all. It was it was very weird to see that lack of pocket presence uh, in there. And and one of the things that jumped out is when Notre Dame started to sputter uh, after their their first scoring drive. Uh, Louisville rushed three, and yep. Book panicked and took off. I'm like, what are you doing? There's He's eight people it. down there. Just let your guys run around for a little while. Somebody's gonna get open. Hey, your offensive line should be able to block three people. And he was not even remotely under pressure at that point. And uh, when I saw that, I'm like, that's okay. And, and even the first big play of the game where he took off, he all, you know, 
I, I wonder if that got in his head. It's like, oh, I can score. I, I get lots of yards here all it by myself. Like it, right? After that very first play, he breaks off that like twelve or fifteen yarder, and he's like, ah, I've got it. <laughs> <laughs> this will do nicely. And it's like, I mean, the running game was obviously the, the the weapon of choice. Like, if you really wanted to manage this game to to a guaranteed success, we it was exposed early enough. That it was Absolutely. the run game, not in the first drive, because they didn't try hard enough on the first drive. But by the second drive, it was evident. And yet he seemed to feel the need to be the running game. You know, like that, I made I made the comment early in the game that Brian Kelly called the, the both of them over right after Jafar Armstrong went out with his groin injury and looks directly at Book and at Tony Jones Jr. and point at the both of them and said, do we have a fucking problem here? Like it was visibly, easy. <laughs> it was plain as day in like the second quarter he's, or the first quarter he said it to them because it just seemed like they weren't on the same page about who's taking the handoffs and where the, what the reads are. And it seemed like book just kept trying to keep it. Honestly, I felt like he was playing with a red Jersey on still. Yeah, it was. And, and the, the sloppiness, it's almost like, uh, you know, BK and chip long were trying to play call book out of it. Because even though it was extremely obvious that, oh, we can just run them over. It's an absolute mismatch in the trenches right now. Let's just go ahead and start bowling them over. Yep. Pass after pass after pass was called. And you're just sitting here scratching your head like, but, but why? Why, why are we doing we're trying this? Trying to force him out of it. Yep. Exactly. It's like, uh, so we're, we're that determined to make sure that he gets out of this funk, which, okay, I, I kind of understand. But I mean, they were so stubborn to the point where I almost respect it. And the reason I said that is because they're like, Louisville ain't going to fucking win. You keep passing the ball until you figure this shit out because this is like live practice right now, son. Yeah. Like, I, I think they had that, like this, this shit is not going to get us Georgia. So work on it right now. <laughs> <laughs> get it done. I don't give a shit. If we win by three fucking points, you get that shit done. It, 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 you could tell that they were just like, we need to remind everyone. It's like we have Claypool. I understand like you now have tremble evidently that be, at least that became a thing, but it just felt like the problem started and ended with book. If we're being honest, it did. And even, uh, I mean, he, he had a little bit of ball security issues a couple different times. One of yeah. which was running literally right into, and again, it's, it's running and then like running with his head cut off, going straight into one of his guys and fumbling the football. He had another fumble before that, that thankfully, uh, was recovered by the Irish and, Lots of weird stuff going on, like, uh, uh, not that I have a, a problem with Jameer Smith, but he got his number called a bunch at the, the beginning of the game, and Tony Jones just looked like he wanted to run through somebody and disembowel them. Yeah, I mean, he yeah. was coming out on absolute fire. It's like, why, why don't we hand the ball off to him a little bit more often? Yeah, I, I think they were trying to keep the same balance that they were going to look for if they had Jafar with Tony and Jameer. And I think Jameer, I mean, Jameer more than proved that he deserved it. I mean, he scored twice, but I mean, I, I think it just felt like there were, there were, there were at times where the exchange was off. And I suspect that it was that, that had some part to do with it in that, like, you know, Brian Kelly's bringing in Jameer. Jameer's just going to do the exact thing he's told and not be expected to be reading shit. He's just going to fake it or take it period. Mm -hmm. Whereas Jones and book might've had those, you know, the option exchanges for book to make decisions and things were just kind of off. Maybe, maybe Jones's thirst drove that because, you know, both of them kind of wanted to get the ball more, uh, but it just, it just felt like everything was, was, was not, was not going like, and not everybody was together on the same page. 
Yeah, I, I think not on the same page. Uh, sums up, especially in the first half, because uh, yeah. we, we should talk about the defense as well. I'm sure we'll get back to harping on the offense again, because yeah, it looked like Ghost of BVG decided to come over from Louisville sideline. It's like, I'm gone here. Let me go haunt you for a little bit, because yeah. the uh, the linebackers were were scary and, and a problem. And it was basic stuff. And we're talking assignments completely failed repeatedly. Yeah gigantic open open lanes throughout it was like they had never seen any remotely option offense before because nobody was around nobody was setting an edge nobody was staying on their assignments there was over pursuit there was lack of pursuit you name it they did it (laughs) yeah my thing my biggest thing was the defensive fucking line like i am a true believer that all of these guys are gonna eat they're gonna eat a fuck ton this season i believe it but they all wanted to try to beat the fucking timing and they kept outrunning their guy. I mean, they kept over pursuing and it was three in a row. It was one for each. It was first. It was Okwara. Then it was Kareem. Then it was Agandeji. They all did the exact same shit. They all jumped off sides and then a drive later, they missed a tackle because they ran past their fucking dude. And it was just like, guys, like we, we, we believe you can beat those O linemen. We believe that shit. Like we, we understand that. We, we think you do, too. Just do that. <laughs> like, don't try to outrun them because that's when you get BVG level shit. You lose contain. You don't have your linebackers in position because they're all starting in new positions. And or, and Jeremiah Ousukoromora is busy just trying to murder somebody. Whatever the location is <laughs> running at full speed at them. So it's just like there have to be people that are sound and praise the Lord Jesus Christ above for Drew White. That kid. Holy shit. I am impressed. I, I was impressed too. Uh, he played it. We, we got to get him in the sim roster because uh, yes, that, that was clearly, I, it, it was funny. I, somebody actually was like, this game's going way too close to the sim for my liking. And then that's what it was. It was it, it, linebackers not tackling properly at all, except drew white able to lock it down. And eventually, you know, Clark Lee did make whatever adjustments needed to be made. They were made, which I think the adjustment was, Hey guys, can you fucking do your job and we'll be fine. Remember that Uh, thing we did last week? Do that. Yeah. And and Kyle Hamilton got a ton of playing time. Oh, man. Okay. That kid is incredible. I'm sorry. (laughs) I know he only played a little bit, but every time he appeared near the ball, it wasn't like, Oh, look at the freshman go. It was like, Holy, Oh Jesus Christ. Look at this guy. Even Herb street was gushing over him. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that kid, he, that, I, I'm, I cannot wait, like, this time a year from now, how fucking spoiled we're all going to be by then, because this kid's amazing. Yeah, and it was, it was very clear that the coaching staff is looking for ways to get him on the field. He was playing a, a lot of nickel. He was almost like a third safety in nickel packages. Uh, they brought him in almost seeming like to, like to calm everybody down and to actually start doing assignment football again. Yeah. Uh, he he is basically a, a plug and and you know you go fix this shit go fix this shit yeah it's basically like what Jalen Smith was in the awful BVG days covering for everybody's ass is what it felt like at one point yeah. um and man he he did a great job um on the one fumble recovery that we had he was right he was nosing around right there when a low he poked it out <laughs> yeah I mean his his second pass breakup I mean he draped over the guy broke up the pass. Finish the tackle by taking the defender down, and before the finishing the tackle, put his hand in mid in mid tackle on his shoulder to make sure he got off on balance. Like the kid's center of gravity and his like his reaction time. It's just 
it's really weird to see because he's just a freshman. He looks like he's been like he just transferred in. You know what I mean? From some other major program where he graduated four years ago. Absolutely. <laughs> and just been traveling the world for shits and giggles. He's I don't know. I'm impressed. I, I, I know we're all drooly, drooly fanboying, but I genuinely think a year from now we're all going to be like, hey, man, remember that other Kyle Hamilton thing? Yeah. Remember that other Kyle Hamilton shit that happened? Remember the bowl game when Kyle Hamilton X, Y or Z? I, I think that's going to be real shit. Yeah, and I know there's been a couple. It's like, oh, we're going to get murdered by George in the chat, which, yeah, if we play like this, absolutely. Hey, <laughs> but I, I tell you what, because the odds of winning that game were never good before we saw a single snap happening. But I tell you what, having somebody like Kyle Hamilton on the defensive side and him being able to have a nose for the football, that that's, that's the kind of thing you need to pull off a, a rough upset on the road uh, because the, the offense doesn't seem to be uh, putting up there into the bargain right now. So you're definitely going to have to create turnovers. Um, and, and the defense, I mean, they stepped up. Lohi Gilman, when the wheels are coming off, pokes out a fumble. Sean Crawford, it ended up not being a fumble, but the dude's wow. like diving in an open field tackle and somehow you you called it like a it, just a bullseye targeting punch. It's a bullseye <laughs> ball punch. Like just like as in the middle of the tackle, he's just like, oh shit, puck, and just nailed it perfectly. I was like, man, this kid, and, and he got that one tackle. It was an incompletion, but he hit a dude so hard that the dude just like walked off to the sideline. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, that hurt. He's, he's, he's back. Like he looks like he's back and I, I couldn't be happy. Yeah. And he also had one where all the assignments were falling apart and it was another play. The edge was not set and he jumped and, and basically nipped right at uh past his heels and brought him down. Yeah. That was, that had 30 to 40 yards written all over it. And For, he saved yeah. the ass, everybody's ass on that play as well. So a healthy Sean Crawford is, is very good. Kyle Hamilton playing out of his mind. Uh, we're actually not really playing out of his mind, just existing and, just and being showed, Kyle Hamilton. Like, hey, guys, here to the fuck I am. You yeah, know what I mean, there, there's a lot of things to be happy about, but I, I am worried about the D-line play over overall uh, and not yeah. just uh, for what we were talking about earlier, where they were being over aggressive. They were running past everything. But man, jumping offside continuously, yeah. like. Look, yeah. you're good enough to beat Louisville's shitty offensive line. Like, yeah. sorry, this is a mismatch. It's 100% a mismatch. So I know I'm dogging on Louisville here, but it's a full mismatch. You don't need to sit here and think you got to jump every snap to to have a shot at a play. And, and that just goes to the root of the problem. They're not being patient enough. They're not doing their job. Julian O'Quarr is trying to break the damn sack record in one game. It's not going to happen. Uh, so man, that, that needs to get cleaned up because a lot of the, those first two scoring drives, there were two at each one, there was a backbreaking third and long offside that made it third and manageable. And then all of a sudden there it goes. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I suspect they will fix that because it was the first game and you can tell the defensive line has the, let's literally go hunt some people mentality. Um, I'm not surprised they were anxious and, and jittery, but you have to imagine that like they are going to get obliterated for that this week in the film room Big time. and in practice. They're going to be, they're going to be those, you know, those, those fake whistle, real whistle drills, which is the real one. And then you can <laughs> react to the right one and shit. Like, I don't give a fuck what they got to do, but that, that needs to be under control. And, and again, the over pursuit, God, I mean, it's just, you know, cause that's, that was Okwara's problem. Mm -hmm. on what like seven eight sacks was over pursuit yes. like just to see other players it kind of become a theme on that line he's just like god I, I i respect the hustle but guys get your shit together 
Yeah, and, and you're hoping a lot of this, especially uh, with the the defense that seemed to be week one sloppiness because they did clean it up. They were able to get their shit together. And, and really, from about like mid-second quarter onward, was a little bit more of what we expected. Yes, they still let some more big plays in. There's still, you know, some questionable stuff at linebacker. Uh, but the the pass rush was somewhat there. Uh, Clark Lee, I think, was extremely aggressive in the blitzing to where half of yeah. Notre Dame Twitter was begging at the same time stop to stop blitzing. blitzing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it wasn't working. Yeah, and, and look, obviously you're on the road. You're your first game out of the gate, but there's only so much excuse you can make for that. Uh, because at, at the end of the day, you have to execute. You have to start showing up. You got to start doing your damn job and not just make great plays. You don't have to be a Lohi Gilman, you know, making a clutch strip fumble and recovery, but you need to be able to just stay in your damn gap. So you're forcing somebody to go the other direction. There was like one play and it took till the third quarter where they defended a speed option by hitting the quarterback and then hitting the pitch man. Yeah. Boom, boom. Yeah. That's how it's supposed to be done. It was one or the other. Yep. Didn't, it didn't matter. Yeah, and somebody's like, uh, popped to my mentions, I'm now terrified for Navy. I'm like, I was about to tweet that. Oh. Was... <laughs> uh. <laughs> because that, if, if you can't play basic assignment football, yeah, that shit's going to come bite you in the ass. going to get hurt, yep. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even against other teams like freaking New Mexico, they, you know, it'll be the same damn thing. If you don't play, even if it's an inferior team, if you don't play your fundamentals, it's going to be a disaster. I think a fair question would be to ask, like after this game, right? If if you take whatever your preseason prediction was for the win loss total, right? Does this change that zero games? Does this add a game? Does this drop a game? Does this drop two games in uh, terms of wins for you? This result? No, this result doesn't change anything because I still think it's ten and two. Uh, it, it's and Georgia is in that too, and. Um, I don't know where the other one's going to come from. It's either going to be a dumb game or it's going to be the ones we are eyeing Michigan or Stanford. Um, so that's uh, the invisible beverage. Yeah. Apparently my green screen is my chroma keys filtering out my water cup. So it's yeah. water. Uh, last night was a little rough anyways, <laughs> but uh, let's, all right. So let's flip back to the offense. Cause uh, we got to talk a little bit more about book. Uh, Eddie is in our chat. He brings up a good point. Um, because he's like, is he possibly broken in the dome right now and becoming a bit of a head case because he played this same type of football against Clemson. Happy feet, inaccurate, you know, so is that a concern? I guess I hadn't connected the two. I guess the two had as a pattern. I, I, I remember him being a lot more scramble happy. I just assumed we're not assumed, but I, I kind of still credit that to the fact that Clemson's defensive line is terrifying and uh, ready to murder you at a, at a moment's notice and can get to you quickly. Um, I just felt like that time it might've been more necessary and slash slash appropriate to be, to be a little bit more ready to take the fuck off because you might genuinely not have time mm-hmm. to get a ball off. I just feel like he, this time it was obvious. He insisted like it didn't, it never felt, that necessary. There were maybe two sacks that was like, yeah, okay, you were going to get got. But other times when he f- like flushed himself out or when he pushed the ball, you know, to the sidelines, this it felt deliberately unnecessary, and he just wanted to do it uh, because he didn't have a chance to run. 
He may be broken in the head. I I, I don't really know what that is because I, I remember, you know, you see the, the highlights from practice. You hear the feedback, you know, the, the one major open practice. Everybody on the beat kind of agreed. You know, Book was wheeling and dealing. He was like 37 for 41 that one day. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I just... It just felt like this particular game, he he maybe had an agenda of his own in mind, and was just trying to force it in there. I, I can't I can't speculate beyond that. I, I can't even speculate speculate to that level. Uh, it just it just that's what it looked like. He may be broken in the brain, or he may just be trying shit out as at a confidence because we know he's an, he's a very confident guy. Yeah, it, it, it to me at least with this game, he it had the feeling of he was pressing big time. Uh, pressing way too hard uh, to the point to where if we're talking about sideline banter, there was one time where Kelly took a timeout and, and you can see like Ian, uh, you couldn't see his face. We could see the head motion. Like he was exasperated because Kelly is going, it's like, what are you doing out there? Like nobody's lined up, right? People are like, you could tell that everything pre-snap was an absolute disaster. And, and he definitely, I think tunnel visioned in, uh, there was one play in particular where he had a blitz that was coming uh, from the slot side yeah. and there's he had two receivers out there and i mean just oh, i can see it it's going to be wide open and then on the replay you also see that the tight end leaks out like how the and the one of the reasons they went to book was because he was able to do that pre-snap read very well he was able to see where the pressure was coming from he didn't have those uh you didn't have the concerns that he was going to misread something to that level and he didn't even look in that direction like as soon as the ball was snapped heads this way yeah. Now guys blindsiding him all of a sudden. And last season he had somewhat of a of a habit of doing that where he would lock in on number one and then he would then have to progress through. But yeah, this particular time it was obvious he missed he had his 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 tight end and his his receiver streaking down and he completely missed that. Yeah, and, and it would have been an easy ten yard plus gain, uh because there was just nobody home there. Uh and really there was a lot of times where there was only a couple times where it seemed like the blitz uh he was picking it up right and and go into the correct hot read because uh, yeah. it's you know being pointed out in the chant here is like yeah it was first year starter stuff first three's not there oh shit run and right. that's really what it felt like a lot of it um now as as far as if he's going to be a head case man I don't know it's a little bit too soon to say yeah, that I I I kind of had a moment of panic when I saw him have that exasperated like oh my fucking god almost I was worried like he was giving BK that but I think he was just given the situation that because I don't want to I don't. I don't think I see in Ian book, like any diva ish mentality. No, I, I don't really see that being possible, you know? Yeah. And especially from, from all the interactions and from that, the beat has uh, with his teammates, the fact that the, the quarterback transition last season went as well as it does also speaks to him, not having that kind of mentality. It really ha- had the feeling of, he was just pushing. He didn't quite have it. He was having a bad game and he let it spiral out of control. Uh, it's, it's, you know, that, that pitcher that's up on the mound, he, you know, he walks a guy and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, he was, he was maybe this far off the plate, you know, just, just yeah. missed the pitch just barely. And then all of a sudden the guy can't find the strike zone. That's just what it felt like because even when he started, you know, getting a little bit more in rhythm, I mean, balls were behind, uh, he wasn't hitting people in stride. Keys had a nice little catch where he had showed some nice hands of body control, jumping in midair, get a ball behind him. Um, but yeah, this, uh, I'm hoping this is just a cobble, shake out the cobweb, shaking off the rust, because now you're actually facing an opposing team and not just the scout team. Right. I mean, that's the hope. Uh, it, it is, I, I guess, of note that, you know, you're starting on the road uh, at a school with like a whole new situation on hand. You know, students are going to be understandably excited. 
uh, especially when they see them achieve some success, whether you know whether that be, uh, you know, uh, at home on the road, what have you. But you know, you, I think you have to you have to account for, uh, yeah, you have to be able to control what you're what you're expected to do. Right. Yeah, you know? and it was. It's not what was expected, especially when all your tough games are on the road. You, you're against Louisville. You're against yep. an inferior opponent. You're supposed to be a little bit more of a calming presence, not the presence of your coaching's call timeout and, and calm you down and talk to you. And basically it's like, okay, what the hell are you seeing out there? What are you doing? Um, that That's where I'm more concerned. You know, you're saying, where, where do we stick? Does this game change anything for me? That's where I get a little bit more concerned that something could really kind of go off the rails because it's going to be in, you know, some other game, a game where you're not supposed to lose. You come back and you're playing Virginia after a tough game. Do you then, you know, mentally have a huge game long brain fart that you can never recover from because there is nobody else behind them. That's ready. You know, Dracovic, he's, he's good, but he ain't ready yet. It's been abundantly clear that he still needs some time to cook in that oven. So we, I do not want him rolling out unless it is in garbage time for him to get some reps in. And, be, yeah. and, and God, every time Book is putting his shoulder down and not sliding, yep. I'm like... I'm going to say, now the injury situation just feels a lot more like, oh, fuck. Okay, I just... Please, none. Thank you. Right. And that's that is that scares me more than anything else as far as looking forward and projecting into the season is that I know there's no safety net now. If, nope. if book goes down or if God forbid book, just let's say the worst case scenario happens and the year two QB BK thing takes the huge biggest nosedive ever. If that were to happen and then all of a sudden BK has got to look at the sidelines like shit, Phil, get in there. Yeah. That's when I am going to be taking an entire bottle of bourbon and just sitting down and being like, well, <laughs> here we go. Let's <laughs> buckle up. This is going to suck for the rest of the year. So, and there's, there's so many good, talented weapons around book that there shouldn't be that kind of a problem. We saw a, a two running back set, which was awesome. And this was of course before uh, Jafar went out, but you know, he's flopping wide receiver with uh, Jones, which was an awesome look really had Louisville confused. Uh, I'm hoping that uh, Jameer Smith can sneak into there if there is an extended injury, because I think that is a very unique way for Notre Dame to attack uh, uh, a lot of um, uh, opposing defenses. Uh, and, and Claypool, you know, uh, we haven't talked about him yet, but, um, he has 94 receiving yards on five receptions. However, and this again was not picked up by ESPN at all because yeah. it sure as shit looked like a targeting and a half to me crown on crown. And they're showing him under concussion protocol on the sideline. Nobody's saying a word. So there wasn't yeah. an update like, well, we're going to check up on him later. I'm like, uh, I'm legit worried about this guy. He doesn't yeah, look like he like knows where he is. He's the guy. Like, can we talk about the fact that he's the like the weapon on offense? He's currently the guy. You know, like you would think ESPN would take a moment to be like, oh shit, here's their big weapon. Let's create another pro Louisville narrative. Oh, are they screwed now? No, they wouldn't. I mean, first and foremost, we're concerned about his health. I mean, it, what's the what's the final word? I don't even know. I, I'm, I'm going to have to listen to BK's yeah. presser and, and probably I mean, in the conference calls where you'll get more. Uh, that shouldn't be the pro that, that shouldn't be right. ESPN is so quick to be like, oh, this player can't put pressure on his ankle. The second a player goes down into concussion protocol, they're just like moving along. Hey, Louisville's still in this game. It's like, what the fuck? I mean, come on. Yeah, it, it was particularly weird because Herbie decided to like praise Claypool for 
you know, making something happen. And it was awesome. And, and even, field, yeah. yeah, he went across the field. And before that, he decided, I'm going to run through two DBs. You know, yeah. that's, a, that's a damn mood right there. And he, that's his style of football. And when he took that hit and he just collapsed, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, he ran here and did all this, made something happen. I'm like, did you not see the end of that play where he could barely stand? Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm surprised the, the play wasn't reviewed either. Um, you know, seeing right. that in the, ch- uh, the chat, um, you know, obviously, as far as that drive, it didn't do anything bad for Notre Dame. They eventually scored a touchdown on that uh, that drive. But man, that just um, that. And now, if that happens and uh, he has a concussion and he has some lingering effects from that, that's a damn problem. Right. Going down the road. You got to hope that there's nothing. It's not that serious. But at the same time, it's like, I mean, come that, that, that these things need to be accounted for. I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, and, and another good point in the chat here from uh, uh, from Ryan, uh, ESPN didn't say anything about Jafar's injury. Yes, that's correct. I, either. I didn't know if it wasn't for Twitter, wouldn't have known he was hurt. Yeah, if it wasn't for Pete Sampson, I would have had no idea that he had a groin injury, but no, nothing. <laughs> yeah, and like I said, I mentioned it earlier where we're going over some other games. It was a weird, everybody was kicking off the week run rust, including ESPN, because everybody seemed to be incredibly off about the yeah. entire thing. And look, almost like no one really was like prepared to be there when they were. Yeah. Look, Herbie's called a lot of games this week alone and said that booth Fowler and Herbie and it shit. Fowler's going to go call tennis tomorrow. So, yeah. I mean, he's, he's going to be dragging. So I, I'm not expecting perfection from them, but it was weird to have these like major gaps. I mean, it's, it's the stuff that happens when you're in the stand, you're like, right. Oh, I haven't seen him out here in a while. What happened? And I felt like I was in the stands. Like I haven't seen Armstrong for the rest of the game. What, what the hell's going on? Uh, and you know, it, it looked like ESPN was trying with Claypool because they had the shot at the sideline of him being checked out by doctors and, but nothing. So, yeah, I don't know. I, the, the, the overall broadcast tonight really was just overall frustrating. I, I, I made this comment earlier as well. I, I, there was a point where it's just like so evident that every time Louisville did anything of merit or a success, they were, oh, shit. Oh, look at the, the first down in the yards they're supposed to gain. And then you, <laughs> you get this inside, like it, it's, for, it's third down. And it, oh, no, they score a touchdown to go up before the half. And I swear to God, Chris Fowler looks over and says, well, you know, like with this Notre Dame, you know, they can take some momentum into the half being up a touchdown. And her, and her, her curve shoots exactly as she was huge. <laughs> i was like okay all right fuck you guys too this is okay fuck you okay so apparently we're getting some uh twitter updates from the chat uh samson said that bk said on armstrong we don't know that it's serious said he's not sure if it's his growing or not so he's getting checked out so yeah that i have a feeling it won't be until the conference call until we get maybe a little bit more clarity with this week being so crazy i don't know when that conference call is going to happen i assume tomorrow or, or now today on Tuesday yeah, right. um, and maybe not even until, you know, his, his next presser uh, maybe for New Mexico, will yeah. we get a little bit more clarity because with it being a bye week you know, he's, he's not going to say shit. Right. So I'm not expecting too much of an update uh, on that. Um, the other thing we got to talk about was how on drugs this game got. Uh, because we, 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 it went cheesing on us. <laughs> So all the damn fumbles, including one sequence where there were three fumbles on three consecutive plays. The rare triple fumble. Because I, 
and and I nearly lost my mind at the half because I was so pissed book fumbled right after we recovered it. But that was yep. a fucking golden opportunity. We could have, after all this bullshit, we could have gone to that lead and you fucked it up. How did you do yep. that? And as soon as I'm about to angry tweet that, all of a sudden, Louisville hands the ball back to Notre Dame on a silver platter. Notre yep. Dame gets the touchdown. Um, and, and that is one thing I, I am taking back from this is that Notre Dame, despite how bad they played, managed to get a lead at the half, managed to win comfortably. Now they're not a great team because great teams cover and they didn't yep. cover this. They were one point shy on it. Um, but they ended up pulling away for a comfortable victory. It was sloppy as hell, but it's one of those things to where, you know, maybe in the first quarter, there was some moments of, of sheer panic. I, I was definitely leaning towards that way. But as yep. the game progressed, like, okay, it's going to end up being fine, which typically happens. You know, you'll, you'll see good teams stumble in the first half, put it back together, and then manage to make things a little bit better along the way. There was still some sloppiness in the second half I could have done without. Uh, it, like I said, book never really seemed, and the offense as a whole never really seemed to put it together. So you got a comfortable victory, an 18-point eight, uh, victory with all that. I mean, look, that's good. That's fine. But it gives you more than enough to be overly concerned uh, for that Georgia game that is looming because you can't even play remotely close to this or it's going to be a boat race. Yep. At, at, at this point, you know, confidence is is teetering on, you know, lower than before, I think, across the board. Uh, you know, I think a lot was. A lot of our uh, like our, our safe space for us was was Ian Book's consistency and his I guess surprising performance. But now that he's shook, we all shook. You know what I right. mean? Like, so we we it's it's about them getting back on track, uh, about him reestablishing himself as that consistent, reliable quarterback, and then pasting the floor with our next opponent so that they can actually move into Georgia with that actual momentum, not just that we won and we did, we're supposed to do, and let's hope it goes well. No, they actually want the, we dominated the motherfucker like we were supposed to. And let's go in there and upset the world. Yeah. Phil, Phil put up 200 yards of passing on his own. We had the third string QB come in from up, up duty. That's that's, we don't need winning as hard yeah, for exactly. New Mexico week. Exactly. Uh, and I, I missed something here. Uh, looking back in the, the chat history, uh, Tyler James had an update on Claypool. Uh, Claypool said that he was fine. He said he attributed his little slow exit and you know barely getting up that it was just a long run and he was tired. I okay. hope that's the case because that that hit he got hit in a scary area. So I yeah I was worried. Uh, I, I I just can't be without you know our it's just it's a very important. <laughs> I'm sorry. A very important part of my Saturdays. Yeah, I, I'm laughing at this last comment in the chat uh, from Strong Mang. Uh, my girlfriend asked in the third quarter, so you guys aren't very worried. Is this a good thing? Or he said, we're up by 11 going into the fourth. We lived through the 2012 campaign. There's nothing that an 11 point lead can do to move my heart rate. <laughs> yeah. Accurate. Very, very accurate. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, look, yeah. Bottom line, it was sloppy. You, you can, I mean, it, honestly, this kind of leaves a, a, I mean, it's like a bittersweet taste in my mouth going into, uh, the bye week uh the first bye week rather uh going into new mexico because even you know if we wax the floor in new mexico that's great that's fine uh, nothing's going to put me at ease leading up to georgia there's just nothing not gonna happen i nope. i don't think we saw it in this game we're not gonna see anything it in new mexico they put up 100 on, on new mexico i'm still gonna be like we're fucked all right we're all fucked <laughs> yeah so uh start your stress drinking now start it yep. early 
Um, Shane, I think the only other thing we need to talk about is weak punt really well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so much for worrying about special teams on the punting side being a huge hey. issue because Bradley, man, he... He, he right. went out there the first three and out. It's like, I'm going to boot this shit damn near 50, 60 yards. Y'all want to keep up? You know, this yeah. is why I got recruited. <laughs> like, it's going to be over there when you guys are ready. So just go get it. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, Dor didn't get a chance to to really go after any field goals, but no. he did good on kickoffs. I thought he was going to have one go out of bounds when he was trying to squib kick. Uh, right. But he, he did some kind of golf shot shit where it just died. And all yep. of a sudden, Louisville's panicking to go cover the football because Notre Dame was right behind him getting ready to recover it. No, so. I mean, so the special teams was good. Coverage was a little bit iffy, but, you know, Louisville yeah. had one of the better special teams uh, units last season. So, I mean, it's not like they were bad. Uh, but, yeah, the kicking game was just safe. You know, we didn't have to, like, risk it. No three points to win the game shit yet. So we'll see. <laughs> But Punny looked good. Hey, you know, like it's not like you got like even the one time the ESPN and the crowd thought that Bramblet had shanked it. It went 50, 50 yards anyway. <laughs> it's like, oh, and he shanked it. Oh, wait a minute. No, that was really good. OK, never mind. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. Ha- what? Uh, excuse me. Whatever happened in the spring, he got over because now it, it looks fine. That looks like a solid part of the game. And the, the hang time on those punts is absolutely insane because. Yeah. Even if the gunners are not able to beat their blocks, there is so much time for them to finally get down the field. It he's going to be damn hard to return punts on, and sure. uh, even even the one short punt he had, he like knocking it within the ten yard line. I'm just like, he's good. Okay. Yep. <laughs> one Take less thing it. to worry about because now we got we got plenty of stuff to worry about on the offensive side of the ball. So, <laughs> yeah. so let's see. All right. Well, I mean, you got any other thoughts, Shane? I know it's late. We're coming no, up here no, in an I hour. Don't. Just, uh, you know, it's it's not the not the the Cinderella start we were all hoping for. You know, it wasn't fairy tale, uh, but uh, it still can be at the end. So we'll see. All right. Well, we want to thank everybody for joining us here on the show, joining us live here on Twitch.tv slash Sons. Make sure you follow and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate your support. For the podcast, you can always subscribe to us over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you can find your podcasts at. You can also head over to Discord. That is our live chat channel, HerLowellSons.com slash Discord. And as always, you will find us over at HerLowellSons.com. Well, folks, let's enjoy the bye week. Go Irish! Go Irish!